the ExxonMobil Formula One podcast. Off David Croft. Well, hello and welcome to the ExxonMobil Formula One podcast. I'm David Croft and we've gone behind the scenes at the F1 finale in Abu Dhabi this week as Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton battled it out for the World Championship trophy. One of them was set to become the 2021 champion, with both drivers heading into the final race level on 369.5 points. It's only the second time in the history of the Formula One World Championship that the scores have been level between the challenges with one race to run. And the last time was back in 1974, when Emerson Fittipaldi beat Clay Regazzoni to the title. And fittingly, it was Emo's 75th birthday on race day in Abu Dhabi. Now heading into the weekend, Max Verstappen, helped by his SO Synergy race fuel and that new upgraded Mobile One engine oil, had finished on the podium 17 times this season, winning nine of those races and equaling the record for the most podiums in a single season by one driver. Lewis Hamilton had picked up eight wins, so it was that one extra success that was keeping Max ahead. And I caught up with him on Thursday afternoon before the action got underway to see what his mood was like going into the weekend and whether he was keeping it chilled in the heat of the desert. Max, first question, obvious question. The way this season has swung back and forth between you and Lewis, is there a sense of of inevitability that we're here at the last race with you absolutely level on points? Did, Did you see this coming? Was it written in the stars? No, no, to be honest, I, I really thought um, it would go one way a bit sooner. But um, yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Basically, you go into the last race now, how you how you started the, the season. So it hasn't been like that for a very long time. Do you sense the excitement that everyone else is feeling about this season? I, I, I've lost count of the amount of people who I didn't even know knew about Formula One want to talk about it at the moment. I, I mean, everyone is excited, but at the other end, I'm, I'm probably the same, you know, uh, I always try to win, of course, the, the race. And I know, of course, this weekend is going to be deciding in terms of if you finish first or second in the championship, but it doesn't really change anything at the end. It might not change anything, but you're so close now. You obviously want to be world champion. How are you keeping a lid on your emotions? How are you keeping calm and managing to relax or, or aren't you? Because I'm still very young anyway. So if I will have the car to compete for the world championship again, I know that I will I will do it, you know. So in that sense, um, yeah, I can say quite relaxed. Is there anything in your previous career that's prepared you for this? I, I know in F3 you had a quite a close battle with Esteban Ocon, but, but how does that rate to, to what's gone on this year in F1? Well, I've, I've won a lot of championships in my life, you know, so... Um, <laughs> People always forget that because I only did, you know, one season in F3 and then only F1. But before that, I I started racing when I was seven and um, a lot of championships have come my way. Um, And at the end of the day, it's the same because also there I want to I wanted to win and I didn't want to lose. Right. And that's the same in Formula One. It's just, yeah, there are more people watching. But at the end of the day, when I sit in the car, it's the exact same feeling as when I was seven or eight years old fighting for my first title at the time. So that, that doesn't change, you know, your, your emotions are actually very much the, the same. 
That's a brilliant attitude to have because a lot of people think, well, F1 is so different to the rest of motorsport. It obviously isn't. It has a brake pedal, a throttle pedal, and a steering wheel, and I had that also when I was seven years old. So <laughs> it has, though, probably a lot more people trying to help you win this championship, including everyone who's worked so hard within Exxon Mobil uh, to provide you with, with, with fuels and lose. What what has been, do you think, the benefits this season uh, of that partnership with Exxon Mobil? I think the constant improvement throughout, you know, the, the season, making sure that reliability is good. And, and in general, just a step we made uh, from the from from last year to this year again. Has it been good for you to actually make contact with the staff members as well? Have you enjoyed your time speaking either on Zoom or, or the Houston campus event? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been tough times, I think, for everyone. And uh, with COVID around um, in terms of doing events in general. Um, so it was very nice that we could pull something off like that. You know, it's, it's always way, way more personal to see people in, in real life. And it must be lovely to see so many people rooting for you as well. The, the, the campus event, I think there was only one brave person who didn't have a Max Verstappen t-shirt on that day. So it was a fantastic event. We're looking forward to more next year. Um, have you thought about next year yourself yet? Because it's a big change, isn't it, for, for next season? Uh, not so much. I, th- I mean, of course, we have the, the test day um, after the... The season um, that will be a first indicator of, of the ties, which I think is quite important to get a feel for. But then I think first I just want to um, switch off and have a bit of time for myself, and uh, and then just come back again and, and try to do it again. I've, I've got a trip to New York and the Maldives planned. Uh, are you going to go and lie on a beach for a while in, in the close season? Mm, I'm not really a person who li- likes to you know lay on the beach, maybe for a day, but then. That's it. But I'll be also heading into that direction. <laughs> Good. Uh, I think you're going to need it after this year. Um, if you've become world champion, are you going to bring the number one back to the track? Are you going to have the number one on the car next year? Yeah, I will. And why is that? You're synonymous with 33, but do you feel that the champion should have a number one on their car? Yeah, absolutely. When do you get that opportunity? I think it's very important to uh, to be driving with that number one because you, you, you're not... You know, you don't always get that opportunity. And I think it looks really good. My favorite number, right? Whatever it is for anyone, uh, for me is three or 33. But I think at the end of the day, the best number is number one. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I hope for your sake that we can bring the number one back into Formula One. I, I hope Sunday goes absolutely brilliantly. We get an epic race. Um, are, are, you, are you looking forward to it? Or do you just want to get it over and done with now? Because you have been the championship leader for so long this year. I, I mean, it doesn't matter how long you are leading the championship. As long, I always said it, as long as you lead after the Grand Prix in Abu Dhabi, that's uh, the most important. And then there'll be one big party coming up on Sunday night if you're still leading at the checkered flag, yeah? Normally, yes. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Max, thank you so much for your time. Good luck this weekend. The ExxonMobil Formula One Podcast. And whilst Max does indeed have plenty of championship winning experience from his days in karting, this is the first time he's ever led a single-seater championship, let alone the F1 standings. And he's led the standings after 14 of the 21 rounds going into the Abu Dhabi race. One other omen hinting at a Max title on Sunday is the fact that the driver finishing second in the season opener has gone on to win the title in three of the last four seasons. And Max, of course, finished second back in Bahrain in March. So fingers crossed that makes a difference.
We'll be speaking to the Red Bull team principal, Christian Horner, in just a few moments here on the ExxonMobil F1 podcast. But before we do, let's catch up with another leading figure in the paddock, Sean Dunnett, the fuels and lubricants advisor to the team, and without whose efforts in the ExxonMobil lab at the back of the garage, things could go severely wrong on the reliability front. Sean's been an almost ever-present in the 22 races this season, testing thousands of fuel and oil samples throughout. But I wondered, how had he enjoyed the intensity of battle with Red Bull back in the championship contention this season. I think certainly it's been a lot better than last year. I think uh, the, 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 the racing's still been good, although this year I think uh, for many fans I don't think they can almost recall a, a better year of overall racing of competitiveness. The um, fact that so the F1 championship boils down to one race at the end of the season, we haven't seen that in a while, so that just shows what a great season of racing, how interesting it's been. Uh, as far as our company goes, as far as ExxonMobil, it's been a fantastic year with many of the new oils and fuels that we brought in proving very successful. Brand new fuel at the beginning of the year. The feedback from Honda has been great, uh, giving them extra power. Um, and engine oil with uh, cutting edge technologies of certain elements from cosmetic industries and things. I mean, the only reason that Honda has really exceeded their three power unit um, allocation is due to unforeseen circumstances, crash damage and things like that. So that's a real accomplishment for ExxonMobil uh, and Honda also creating a, a sort of overall package that is competitive uh, and is reliable as well. Because I was going to ask you about that. We, we have new fuel at the start of the year, new uh, oil, the Mobile One oil coming in uh, round about Baku time, uh, but yet still under the increased pressure that everyone's under because you're going for a title this season, yeah. increased mileage because these engines have to go a lot further yeah. than normal, um, and the intensity uh, of this season. The engines have performed re- superbly well because of what's going in them. There's, there's been no issues whatsoever due to fuels and lubricants. No, no none at all. So um, reliability for, for, well, the oil looking after the engine. I mean, it looks after so much of the engine that people sort of don't appreciate with the fact that we also provide um, um, Red Bull with hydraulic gearbox also. The um, gearbox oil is a, is a huge part of the reliability aspect as well. Um, that same formulation we've used for a number of years now and Red Bull haven't even batted an eyelid at using it. They're so happy using it because uh, they, get, they get all the mileage that they expect out of their gearbox units. And as you alluded to, this is the season when you want to make it count, when um, you're sort of having to turn the engines up maybe a bit higher than you would ordinarily do to try and compete um, and, and, and sort of match Mercedes for own pace. So it just it's hats off to the way that Honda developed their engine, but also the way that they've developed it with ExxonMobil to create that overall package um, that can compete. Uh, and the endurance is there. So here's the silly question. What we've got going into the car this year stays the same next year so we might as well just quit while we're ahead and and no point trying to to put anything different in there because it's working so well or or, or does it change Uh, next year? That would be nice but um, obviously next year is a massive year for the sport Um, regulation changes uh, engine homologation until 2025 and with that homologation there's also the homologation of the fuel and the oil Mm. so we are allowed one final hurrah one final upgrade going into next year a new engine oil potentially we're not sure yet a new a new fuel that's for sure because of the 10% ethanol blend so an awful lot of work is going on at the minute between ourselves ExxonMobil and Honda getting that exactly right because we get one shot Uh, we have to uh, ensure that there's hopefully a similar amount of power coming from the unit, if not exceed that. Um, and then obviously working with Red Bull and how we can utilize that new fuel technology, any benefits that we, we, we get from it and how maybe Red Bull can repackage the car or how uh, other aspects of the car can be optimized due to the way that the fuel combustion is used. And away from the fuels and oils, 
Are, are you calm this weekend? Uh, do you feel the pressure this weekend? Are you ready to celebrate a potential championship this weekend? Yeah, so, I mean, there's no denying that everyone knows what's at stake. Um, we had a very interesting chat with Christian Horner. He, he embraced the whole garage yesterday and just said, look, what we've achieved already this year is phenomenal. We've pushed the Mercedes package, which is uh, at, it, at the peak of the technology across the paddock at the minute. They've had uh, the whole of the hybrid era to perfect that and the fact that we have managed to catch them up. Uh, and at the majority of race six season this yeah. year, I mean, Max is still uh, a high number of race and wins. Well, it's 9-8, isn't it? Yeah, in exactly. Max's favour. Uh, and we pushed them right to the end. So, Christian Tiller, whatever happens, we have, we have sort of pushed them all the way, which is, which is great. But there is no denying that to make Max world champion this year is what everyone is aiming for. And there will be a high in pressure. Uh, I wouldn't want to be in the shoes of the pit stop guys come Sunday because that is really when <laughs> that stress and that, um, that kind of uh, that emotion boils up there. Um, but um, for, no, uh, for sure, it's been a phenomenal season for, for Red Bull, whatever happens here. Uh, and for ExxonMobil as well, um, and, and our relationship with Honda and, and with Rebel going forward, um, we're sure that that success will carry on into, into the next era. So I hope you're checking, double-checking and triple-checking every sample for this weekend yeah, data, as well. Yeah, data is being thoroughly unchecked. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, anyone could forgive an accident like that going into a, a race like this, which is so important. So everyone uh, from the, the, the reliability engineers to the, the P performance engineers, they are aware that every single point has to be checked, double and checked. Um, because mistakes like that, easy mistakes aren't, aren't unforgiven. If it's, a, if it's a, a, an unforeseen error, of course, that can be overlooked. But things that can be predicted in this sport where it's such a data-driven analytical sport, um, no, we're all on top of that. And in what is your last race with uh, ExxonMobil trackside? Uh, in the yeah. laboratory, wouldn't it be great to go out on a high? Well, I didn't want to say that to anyone, but uh, yeah, after four years in the sport, um, I think after some of my predecessors, they've had some pretty rocky times <laughs> um, with different teams where just even finishing in the top 10 would have been nice. Uh, I do feel very lucky to have, have been working for ExxonMobil in an era um, with Red Bull when they are competing at the top end of the sport every single race, uh, especially during the uh, COVID times when there's been lots of hotel isolation, there's been far less enjoyment away from the track by coming out to do the sport. I think it's just it's, it's just so rewarding to come to work knowing that you could be winning a, a trophy every week. Uh, and it would really be the sort of cherry on the cake to, to walk away sort of Sunday, Sunday evening and, and have that trophy. So, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing you under the podium. But thank you <laughs> thank for your company over the last four years. And okay. wherever you're going now with an ExxonMobil, I, I, I hope it's as rewarding as exciting and, and, and with cause for as much celebration as well yeah. I'm sure it will be the Exxon Mobile Formula One podcast and we wish Sean all the very best in his next adventures within Exxon Mobile now Friday evening at the track is always a busy period the cars are stripped down by the mechanics practice day engines and gearboxes are changed race day gearboxes and power units are fitted extraneous weight is removed further setup changes might be made to the cars overnight and a lot of data analysis goes on long into the evening whilst back at base the test drivers prepare for a very long night of their own in the sim. Now watching over the action of the team principals and we caught up with Christian Horner in the paddock after a day of practice where Max Verstappen had finished fastest in one session and six tenths off Lewis Hamilton in the other. A day of contrasting fortunes but how were Christian's nerves with race day looming large? Good actually, I mean I think we're coming into this race, we know that you know the form is with our opponents, they've, they've, you know, they've dominated the last three events. 
Um, but we've come here equal on points in the drivers. We've come here, you know, with a deficit in the constructors, and that one looks a bit, a bit of a long shot. But in the drivers, it's a shootout, and you know, penalty shootouts. You know, anything can happen. <laughs> People buckle under pressure. You know, things can happen. So um, we've got nothing to lose, and we've had a phenomenal year. We've loved pretty much every minute of it, um, and just taking this fight. You know, to Mercedes, to you know Lewis Hamilton, uh, has been an extraordinary experience, and I think uh, you know we're excited to see what the outcome will be. If there's one word you could use to sum up this season, what would it be? Intense. <laughs> I like that. I think, I think it's been the intensity of this year, on track, off track, with the stewards, you know, uh, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, it's been uh, been right up there. When was the last time you had a day off? Um, that's a very good question. You better ask my wife that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's Christmas coming up, so uh, you know, I get I get a bit of time out then. Good. I hope so. I think we all need a rest uh, after this one. And um, obviously, taking the fight to Mercedes doesn't just happen uh, by chance. Yeah. You've been working very hard even before this season got underway. Not just you, at Milton Keynes, Honda, obviously with the engines, but all of your partners. And um, yeah. we're here talking to the ExxonMobil employees yep. who've played their part as well. well they played a, a key role together with Honda, you know, developing the fuels, the fuel upgrades that you know, we had coming into the year and so on has been crucially important for us. And, uh, you know, the great thing about the partnership with Exxon, it's not just about a sticker being on the car, it's what's in the car that's so important. And I think I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank everyone at ExxonMobil to say, you know, thanks for all your efforts, thanks for the contribution that you've made to this incredible year you know what the outcome will be who knows but sitting here right now we've won 10 races we've had 22 podiums with nine pole positions we've won the monaco grand prix we've won you know uh, some amazing races the american grand prix the mexican grand prix the dutch grand prix max's home race so um it's been an amazing season and uh you know they've played a key role in that a max 17 podiums equals the record amount of podiums in a single season by a driver yeah. So, so there's a record been set even before we go into the last 58 laps of it. Um, and after that, of course, there's next year. Yeah, that, you know, next year comes around before you know it. I mean, <laughs> we're only two months away probably pretty much from running the car again, so, uh, which will be an all-new car. So, um, but right now, our focus and intensity is on this season, this finale, and uh, trying to take a trophy home. If you had a crystal ball, if you could predict Sunday night, where, where would your money go? If, if I gave you a pound and said, right, stick that on the world champion, who would I got, it be? I, got, I bet if you enter the bookies, they'll probably give you better odds on Lewis at the moment. But uh, don't rule Max out. You know, he's, he has no right to be here. But through his tenacity, through his driving with a passion, determination, bravery that he's driven with, he's put himself in this position and uh, he's not going to let it go without a fight. Best driver you've ever had driving for you? I think, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we've had some wonderful drivers drive for us, but I think, I think what he's done this year has been truly outstanding and something that, that we haven't seen before. Whatever happens on Sunday night, I hope it's a, a brilliant finale and I hope you get some sleep between now and then because I'm not sure how you're sleeping. I'm sleeping fine, actually. I mean, it's the excitement that, you know, this is what you, what you work for. This is what... You know, how, how fantastic to be here in with a shout of winning both world championships. I mean, if you'd have offered that to any of us at the beginning of the year, I think we'd have bitten your arm off. <laughs> so to come here 
and be in with a shout, not just one, but two, um, shows that we've had an incredible year. The ExxonMobil Formula One Podcast. So to qualifying on the Saturday with Sergio Perez playing the ultimate team game by giving Max Verstappen a toe and a helping hand down the long back straight, Max managed to grab pole, vitally important at a track where the pole sitter has won every one of the last six races. It was Lewis Hamilton alongside Max starting on the medium compound tyres while Max was forced into a late change of race strategy after locking up his brakes in Q2 and flat spotting the only set of medium tyres he had at the time. Obviously running a tyre shaped like a 50 pence piece isn't a great idea, so Max started on the soft tyre instead. He wouldn't be able to run as long in the first stint before the pit stops as Lewis would, but he might have the pace to open up a big gap. So was it a good strategy or a bad strategy? It was certainly a strategy that Red Bull couldn't avoid. As it was, come the race start, it was Lewis Hamilton who got off the line the best, and he led into turn one. By turn six, Max was diving down the inside to take the lead. Lewis went off the track and kept in front. Did he gain an advantage? Did he stay ahead illegally? Well, the steward said no, and the telemetry indicated he had slowed down to wipe out any time he gained at that corner by going off the track. What became quickly obvious, though, was that the Mercedes had serious pace and Max was struggling to stay in touching distance. Sergio Perez once again played the team game, staying out longer before his first pit stop to try and hold Lewis up, which he did, but not by enough to bring Max back into play. With 10 laps to go, Christian Horner was left hoping for a miracle. Lewis was over 10 seconds clear. The championship was going to Mercedes. But did that miracle arrive? Nicholas Latifi crashed with six laps to go. The safety car came out. Mercedes, fearing that we might finish the race behind the safety car, told Lewis not to pit and give up the lead. Max Verstappen, with nothing to lose in second place, did pit. Onto the soft tyre. If we got any more racing, he'd be in a brilliant position to attack. And we did get more racing. Race director Michael Massey allowed the lap cars between Max and Lewis to unlap themselves and get out of the way, but not the other lap cars in the field. He wanted to get at least one lap of racing, and that's what we had. The safety car returned to the pits, the lights went green, Max was in striking distance of Lewis by the time we got to turn five, and he broke late into the hairpin to squeeze past and into the lead. Lewis tried to respond down the back straight, into the chicane, and then at turn nine, but to no avail. Max, for the first time in his career, was world champion with a tenth win of the season. The Dutch fans went wild, and the pandemonium started in the pit lane as the Red Bull garage came out to celebrate along with their teammates on the pit wall. Mercedes were stunned, feeling that they'd been robbed of a certain victory when the race director didn't follow the correct procedure. They protested. The stewards eventually dismissed the protests and four hours after the race, the result was published. Max was champion, the fourth youngest champion in F1 history and Red Bull had their first title of the partnership with ExxonMobil. So we'll leave our final podcast of the season with the 34th and newest world champion, Max Verstappen. Who better to sum up what was an incredible, emotional and unbelievable night under the lights. Take care. Happy holidays. And Max, well done, mate. It was an amazing arrival, of course, with everyone being there outside, even in the cold, waiting for me. Um, and yeah, it's of course an amazing feeling you know, coming back here as a, as a world champion. It's slowly kicking in, you know, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Uh, this was a full team effort, of course. I mean, winning the, the, the Drivers' Championship is, is, of course, amazing. And I couldn't have done it you know, without all of these uh, people here back at the factory as well. They've been continuously pushing 
to to make the car faster and um, you know to come back here after the season as as a champion it's it's just incredible. Well, for me, it's amazing to be a part of this team and. Like I said already there when I was very emotional, I hope I can do this for another 10, 15 years altogether um, because there's no reason to leave and I have such a good relationship with everyone that you know, this is really where I want to be for a long time. I already said it during the race, but Checo is a legend. I mean, what he did for me in that final race to cut the gap again and defend like he did was, was incredible. And for sure, you know, without him, I, I wouldn't have been a, a world champion. So I owe him a lot. Well, of course, there was a lot of relief and, and the emotion all came out in the in-lap um, and when I jumped out of the car. So, yeah, that's what you normally don't see from my side. But of course, when you win a world championship, you know, that's, that was my ultimate goal. So um, I think it's quite normal then, you know, a few tears were, were coming. So, yeah. The Axon Mobile Formula One podcast. David Croft.